sometimes that is better. Does that sound like Jim Carrey's The Grinch? It does sound like Jim Carrey's The Grinch. <laughs> Welcome to the Franken Sisters podcast, where we talk horror, and I make my uncultured sister a little more cultured. At least when it comes to horror movies and spooky things. Heck yeah. That way your brain can be as filled with useless horror movie and book information as mine is. That's the best information. Okay, so today we are talking about Stephen King's Pet Cemetery. And, and I kind of have a love-hate relationship with Stephen King. And I've ranted to you about this many times before. Um, I just have a hard time getting through his book and it, books. And it's kind of like the rare event where I actually like his movies better than I like his books. And, uh, but I did, I did try to read Pet Cemetery a few years ago. I read Carrie, and I was like, hey, maybe I do like Stephen King. Um, and I started Pet Cemetery, and I didn't. And then I tried to listen to the audiobook for this podcast, and I couldn't finish it. I got, <laughs> I got like five minutes in, and I couldn't do it. But I did the next best thing, and I googled the difference between the book and the movie. Heck yeah! You know, it's, that's why Google exists, so you don't have to read, read anything. Stephen King. Yeah. I'm only, I'm only a little more than halfway through The Shining. And I can see why. Yeah. Like, you would have struggle, like... Yeah, you've been reading. working on The Shining for how many months now? For for a while. For probably, <laughs> like, five months like at five. this point. I, you know, I've been working on it for, like, two years now. I'm 600, 700 pages in out of a 1,200. Listen, when, it's, when he's good... It's good. It's like, okay, yeah, I will read this. But then there are just some chapters and parts where it's like, I don't care. (laughs) Yeah, too too much information sometimes. Um, And also, he's probably one of the worst offenders of the men (laughs) writing women trope, you know? Man loves talking about titties. Yeah, yeah, he's like, it's like, enough, Steven, I get it, you know? He, you're a titty man. You're a titty man. All right, I got it. Like he even kind of. Where's the ass? Yeah. Where is the ass? Where's the where, where's the ass? Asked, assily. <laughs> <laughs> I'm offended. As an ass woman, I am offended that he doesn't talk about the butts. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, so the novel was published in 1983 after being shelved by King for several years. Um, it was the, he said it was the only novel that he wrote that actually scared him and that it was too bleak. Uh, the quote is, uh, it seems to be saying that nothing works and that nothing matters, end quote. And I think the reason that he found it so scary was because of how much inspiration he drew from his own life. Um, his house, the house from the book, was inspired by a house he lived in in rural Maine with his family. Um, and hit, where his daughter was hit by a truck, his son was almost ran over, he had an elderly neighbor, and most important of all, he had a pet cemetery behind his house. Really? Yes. Wait, Stephen King's daughter got ran over by... No, 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 oh. her cat. Oh, did her I say, cat. Did you I said, say she got... Yes, you did. No, he, she, she didn't. It was her cat. I was like, God damn, jeez. <laughs> Sorry, I'm fucked up today. My brain's a little slow. But I do think that probably contributed to why he felt so personally disturbed by it. But, I mean, he does, in a lot of his novels, you'll see there is a common theme where he kind of doesn't, and I'm, I'm sure many authors do this, but, like, a lot of his main characters in his books are authors, and it, and um, 
misery in the shining so he definitely which is concerning <laughs> if, if you if you at least in the shining if his character yeah well I know that I think Stephen King actually did have some sort of drug and alcohol problem which is evident when you're reading it due to the fact that it is 1200 pages long a man took like a bunch of drugs and he's like let's do this but that's where the best inspiration comes in <laughs> from, obviously from not drugs? obviously not because i guess the it book is not that great what you know what like you said with the shining it is good it it has its good parts it has its good parts, and then it has so many parts that sometimes, honestly, after two years of reading it, there's just parts where I'm like, I'm just gonna skim this, because uh, I, you know, it, I don't care. It's irrelevant, Stephen. Uh, so he eventually decided to publish it for contractual reasons with his publisher, and then that, that it had a pretty good reviews, and then that led to the 1989 ad adaptation by directed by Mary Lambert. Um, actually, George Romero of Night of the Living Dead fame was originally set to direct Pet Cemetery, which makes sense because he's kind of like the zombie king, you know? I wouldn't know. No, you wouldn't know. I would not know. That's true. <laughs> he's the zombie king. Now you know. Awesome. Um, but he did have other filming obligations. Also, the first choice for Lewis Creed was Bruce Campbell, which I think would have been really funny. Um, you know, I, f I feel like Bruce Campbell brings a lot of comedic relief to his roles. And we have a, we're like, what is it, two degrees separated? One degree separated from Bruce Campbell? I don't know. Because Uncle Sam, our Uncle Sam. Oh. <laughs> with Bruce oh, Campbell. yeah, I totally forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, I, I don't think totally he's credited in the that. movie at all, but he does, he has a... He has, his role is a cameraman. Yeah, well, was, I, I have to look up what that movie's called. But I remember, I remember when that happened. It was like, oh, Sam's in a movie with Bruce Campbell. He's famous now. <laughs> He's in it for like two seconds. <laughs> I think I looked up his part, and it's just so... You, you know can't what? even tell he's in Those it. two seconds, he really sells it. He really sells it. <laughs> he's like a shocked a cameraman, natural. and he's like... He's shocked. A natural sure. actor. I a natural say. actor, for sure. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I think uh, Bruce Campbell would have been good. And then it would have made more sense, too, because I feel like it's a very campy kind of movie. Oh, you 100%. Know? But I don't think it was intentionally campy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I get that sense. I don't think it was intentionally camp because again, the, the book is super dark, um, but it's a you know the, the it's all very bright in the movie. Um, there's comedic relief at random moments. The acting is just kind of weird. The acting is super campy. None of the reactions are right, um, but I do think it would have made a little bit more uh, sense if Bruce Campbell would have been the director. Um, but or not the director, but Ben Lewis Creed. Um, so the movie had an eleven point five million dollar budget, and raked in eighty nine point five million dollars at the box office. So it did pretty well. Um, again, the movie was ad adapted in two thousand nineteen with some major plot changes, which we'll talk about as we go through. Um, all right, let's get to it. Into the movie. Into the movie. The movie opens up panning in on the pet cemetery, and then we see a big old truck speeding down a road. Is it foreshadowing? Maybe. 
Could be. Also, on that road, I don't think those trucks should be going that fast. They're going too fast. They're going too fast for that road. Big semi-trucks. Semi-trucks, small road, houses by it. Slow down. Kids everywhere. Animals everywhere. Come on. Enough to fill up a cemetery. Exactly. Um, and the next thing we see is a recently sold house, which the Creed family has just pulled up to, and that's where we meet Dad Lewis, Mom Rachel, daughter Ellen, and who's actually played by twins, and little baby Gage. Dad Lewis, more like Daddy Lewis. He is a handsome fella. He's a handsome fella. He's a handsome guy. Best actor? I don't know. Mm. Handsome guy, sure. I haven't seen him in any other movies, but... <laughs> you know, you make a good point. I haven't seen him in anything else either. So... <laughs> oh, and, oh, they have a cat called Winston Churchill. Uh, a little pretentious, if you ask me. But I guess that's what happens when your owner is a doctor. Nicknamed Church. Nicknamed Church. Um, the next thing is Ellen sees a path, but is quickly distracted by a tire swing, which she hops on. Oh, but dang it, it snaps and she falls. And she cries. And she cries, and she bangs up her knees. And while Lewis and Rachel are busy tending to Ellen, uh, the baby Gage wanders too close to the busy road. But luckily, a kind elderly feller named Judd is there to save him. Woo, Judd! <laughs> yeah, Thanks, Judd, and who's actually um, in the adapt in the new in the 2019 version is played by John Lithgow. Do you know who that is, Paris? I don't know who that is. I'm not good with names. Not oh my God! Yeah. Yes, I, yes. I love John Lithgow. He makes everything better automatically. Um, later that night, Lewis goes to Judd's, where Judd tells him about the dangers of the road. And that he should get his cat fixed so he doesn't get hit by a truck and he doesn't wander around. Yeah, don't... I, I always say don't leave your cats outside. Don't leave your cats they're outside. Inv they're invasive species. You don't know where they're going. Come on. That's gross. It's unsanitary. Also. Exactly. Yeah, you don't Come know on. what they're bringing back. Uh, Keep the, them in your house. The next day, Baby Gage is playing with a little toy truck. I thought that was a fun little detail. Ooh, foreshadowing? It, is it more foreshadowing? I'm not sure. Oh, Spoilers might be ahead. <laughs> and then we also meet Missy the housekeeper. Um, and I'm not really sure why she's in the movie, to be honest. She doesn't <laughs> really, like, they go out of their way to make sure she, you know, you know that she's there. But, I, I mean, it's like, they, they put a lot of useless information, like they had ideas of... Yeah, and that was one of the reasons why I wanted to read the book, because I feel like it adds more context, because there's a lot of, you know, things that are, you're like, why? <laughs> why is? And then you read the book, and you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But, unfortunately, I don't have, I don't have it in me. <clears throat> the next, uh, okay. <laughs> the family then explores the pet cemetery with Judd, and he tells them that's where all the pets who get hit by trucks are buried, and that all kids learn about death this way, and Rachel is just super uncomfy. It about is weird that a random stranger man is, like, teaching your kids about death. I feel like that's the parent's responsibility. Yeah, but it's their neighbor. Is there, is there, it's is their, their neighbor. neighbor. You know, didn't you have a neighbor who taught you about death? Don't we all have a neighbor yeah, who teaches actually, us about death? Neighbors are where you get taught everything. That's right. Not your parents. Not your parents. Go to the neighbor. 
Uh, later, Ellen is worried about Church dying, and maybe she's psychic. Who knows? Who knows? She, she, might, she just knows No, things. but she's definitely psychic, and you were going to see this throughout the movie, and Paris was like, why, uh, do we know why she knows these things that are going to happen? And I was like, no. But I did look it up, and she is, it is, she is definitely psychic in the novel. Is she? Yes. Is it like The Shining? Maybe. I like to think that all Stephen King books are in the same universe. In the same universe. You know what? It probably is The Shining. She probably, she probably has that gift. Um. Okay, yeah. So later, Ellen is worried about dying, or about Church dying, and she wants Lewis to promise that nothing will happen to Church, and he's reluctant to do so, but Rachel prods him, and she's like, hey, yeah, make the promise, and Lewis gets, like, unreasonably angry about it. And I don't really understand that scene. I guess, like, conflicting parenting ideas. Like, yeah. be either truthful and honest with your kid or, like, lying straight up. Which, making a promise like that isn't, like, lying. But And, and it's like, you know, it's a cat. But, again, we're going to learn that Rachel has some issues around, surrounding death. Um, she just, she likes to pretend it doesn't exist, I guess. We're all immortal. We're all immortal. Uh, the next scene, a biker is hit by... Well, I, actually, I don't really know how he's hit. It maybe says so in the movie, but... Um, in the book. In the book or the movie. Whatever. <laughs> but long story short, biker, accident, brains out everywhere. Dying. Dying. Lewis tries to save him. Oh, yeah, I sh I f we should mention Lewis is a doctor, and he, uh, he has taken a new role at a university as an instructor. To teach doctorism. Yes. Wait, I feel like that's an actual word. Doctorism? Yeah. Is it not? I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm going to say no, but maybe... <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> doctorism? Yeah, he's a, he's learning about... Doc he's teaching about doctorism. Yeah. He's learning them students about doctorism. Doctorism. Uh, so anyway, yeah, he... This guy, bleeding everywhere, brains out, and he dies pretty much instantly. I mean, Lewis does want to save him, but yeah, he, it's, he's, when your brain is outside of your head, you're pretty much dead. Yeah. I mean, Lewis just kind of sat there waiting for, like, an ambulance, right? He was like... No, they're at the, they're at the, the hospital. No, where, where are they? I know they I were waiting remember. for somebody, right? Yeah, oh, no, he was like, get the life-saving stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like <laughs> um, but yeah, he's dead. Uh, but then Pascal springs up and spits in his face, all bloody and gross. And he says, the soil is sour. <laughs> Sorry, in the note here, I don't think Zach could read my handwriting. The soil, soil is banned. The soil is banned? I do banned. have really bad handwriting. <laughs> he says, the soil is sour, and that I'll come to you. And then he actually dies. Now, in the book, I don't know if you've researched this, is there... Like more of a reason why Pascal is, or it just <laughs> no. random. Like you know, he because Lewis wanted to save him, and it's the thought that counts, really. It's, it's the thought that counts. It's the thought that counts. So, so did God was like, okay, before you die, you gotta. How about this doctor? I, you know what? I bet that's exactly what happened. Because I think it is like a really, really odd kind of like. I'm gonna help you. I don't know you. Well, Pascal's just a G, you know. You know, Pascal was my favorite. I think, yeah, he is. He is my favorite. <laughs> he does have provide like some weird comedic relief. Yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, I don't know. It's, it's a weird movie. Um, but in bed later that night, Lewis is woken up by Pascal's ghost, which I was, I was reading about this, and <laughs> I guess they, originally they filmed the scene, and he's just sleeping in his boxers, but they were like, that's just too sexy. Oh, and right, and he's in his fucking scrubs. And so then, yeah, he's in his <laughs> scrubs. Or so they are these like clean scrubs? scrubs? Like, I hope he's not just fresh from the hospital in bed. You know, doctors are weird. You know, they, they, I, that's, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> um, so yeah, he's like, hey, come with me, Pascal. Pascal says, come with me. And, uh, yeah, Lewis thinks it's a dream. But, Understandable, uh, but he takes him down the path leading to the pet cemetery, and he's pretty explicit about this. He says, "Do not go on to the place where the dead walk, and the barrier was not meant to be crossed. The ground is sour." Okay, so the next morning, Lewis wakes up, and his feet are dirty. Fucking dirty ass feet. Dirty ass like, feet. So it is confirmed that it's not a dream, Lewis. But he's still pretty like nonchalant. He's like, yeah. Yeah, this he's cool. visited by a ghost, and he's not super concerned about it. But yeah, he, 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 he's, he makes some interesting choices, given that this ghost is trying to help him. I don't know. I think I would make different choices, given the knowledge that I had. Uh, but so the, his family goes out of town for Thanksgiving, and he stays behind. And the next day, uh, Lewis finds that Church, the cat, is dead. He was hit by a truck. Oh, no. The cat is... Mm, in good shape for being hit. Yeah, by yeah, he's intact. He's in one. He's, he's not still, even flat. He's not like, even bare, uh, bloody at all. No, not bloody, not flat. You no know, tire marks. Isn't that nice? Not on the road. <laughs> not on the road. For some reason, he's on Judd's lawn. Yeah. Yeah. Are we sure he got hit by a truck? Like. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Judd takes Lewis beyond to the uh, beyond the pet cemetery to bury church in the old Indian burial ground. Um, Even but, no Judd knows. Yeah, and he, well, he's not really telling him what's happening. He's just like, yeah, let's go, let's go bury this cat somewhere weird. And Lewis is like, cool. Okay. All right. And then we hear, we hear what we can assume is the Wendigo cry out. And, but Judd is like, it's just a loon. So the Wendigo is a really big part of the book. But he's left out of both of the movies. Um, Which they should have kept in. Because it makes a lot more sense, like, why Judd would have done that. Like, if he was, like, possessed or influenced by a Wendigo. Like, they could have left out a lot of things and just put the Wendigo in and it would have been, like... They should have left out Zelda, brought in the Wendigo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so he takes him to this crazy-ass burial ground site. Um... And it looks kind of like spooky and satanic, uh, but <laughs> there's some rules. There's the rules that apply to this burial ground, and one of them, which is that Judd can't help him bury the cat, which isn't that convenient, oh, Judd. Convenient, Super Judd. convenient that you can't help. Anyway, Church is buried, and Lewis is like, what did we just do? <laughs> and then Judd's like, doesn't really answer still. He's like women are good at keeping secrets and but I don't (laughs) but you gotta keep a secret 
us men folk, we gotta keep this secret. <laughs> us men folk, yeah, you know the good thing we are not women. Good thing. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I don't. Judd, Judd, you know he's kind of an. All of these characters are infuriating, but especially Judd. Um, oh, but I will mention that in the book he has a wife. She's not in the movie. He has a wife, and uh, she is really sickly, and Lewis helps her when she has a heart attack. So he kind of, in a way, convinces himself that he's helping Lewis with the, the cat situation because Lewis helped him. Like in return. In okay. return. But also, mostly, what we can assume is that he's being influenced by the Wendigo, which kind of has control over everything around it, or has influence of some sort. Um, but, do, oh, do you know what a Wendigo is? Yes, it's like a skinwalker, yeah? In, in indigenous, uh, mythology? Yeah, yeah, so from, uh, north... From cannibalism, right? Like if you Yeah, there's some cannibalism If you eat a cannibal, if a person eats, eats a, another person, they'll well, turn it, into, like, so a Wendigo? So it comes from northeast Native American folklore, and he's kind of like this deer hybrid type mm -hmm. creature but yes he's and he, he's bad he's bad and he, yeah but he has powers he can control people he can influence people he can influence creatures and often um he's associated with acts of savagery and cannibalism as you mentioned i think i was more uh i was introduced uh to not, not introduced but i think the i got i didn't get into the lore but i they touched on a little bit of lore in the game, um, fucking, what's it called? Until Dawn? Don't know it. Yeah. It's a, it's a weird game. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, the next day, uh, Zombie Cat Church jumps out at Lewis, and Lewis is like, oh, whoa. You stink. Zombie, <laughs> zombie cat. Pretty, sh like, maybe I buried you alive. Um, but yeah, Church is a total dick now. And he scratched Lewis in the face. And Lewis is still not like faced. He's well, just yeah, very well, he's like, like maybe I, I, yeah, maybe I. He wasn't actually dead, which I could see how he could be confused because allegedly he was. The church was hit by a truck, and he was yeah. fine looking. But I don't know if I buried my cat. My cat came out. I would been like, oh shit! I buried my cat alive. And and the, your cat should be dead if you buried it alive. Yeah. So, like there's lots of but, shockingness. Yeah, Lewis goes to Judd, and Judd tells him about the the half Micmac man, which is this is a the burial ground is a Micmac with like Native American burial ground, and he tells him about it, and he talks about how he once buried his dog there, and it came back evil. Judd, Judd, come on, Judd, come on, and yeah, come, come on, guy, come on, you knew, you knew, you know what you're doing, and then he was like. My bad. <laughs> um, so, but, uh, but anyway, Lewis asks Judd if any human has ever been buried there, and he says, no. But that's a lie, Judd. He's a dirty liar. So, anyway, <laughs> uh, Lewis's family returns, and Ellie comes back, and she's super upset that she get, because she had a dream that the church got hit by a car. And she's saying that she dreamt it, and that she dreamt that Lewis and Judd buried him. Again, I'd be super freaked out if I were Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'd be like, what the fuck? 
How'd she know? How'd she know? She's got the shining. She's got the shine. Hasn't Lewis read the shining? Come on. Yeah. Should have known. Lewis. So yeah, they go back to the home and Ellen notices that church is very stinky. Um, and Lewis is like, yeah, I'll pay for him to get a bath. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I'll just... Um, but yeah, so Ellen, she, she knows something's weird. She knows something's not right with her cat. And, I, you know, again, she, she has this sort of psychic connection. So I think she's quite uneasy about a lot of things. Um, in the next scene, Missy, the housekeeper, kills herself by hanging. And as the audience, you're like, okay. Okay. Because she serves no purpose. She served, uh, yeah, she was, I mean, I think the, the main purpose of why they kept her in the movie was to show that Rachel is super uncomfortable with death. But, but I think you can sh you can show that to somebody without, like, a lot of useless characters and, like, information. Like, a lot of people are uncomfortable with death. And, yeah. You know? You don't need, like, a backstory for that. Yeah. Well, she gets one, all right. Yeah, she, she does. She gets backstory. Yeah, she does. Uh, so we're, now we're at the funeral, and hey, what do you know? It's Stephen King. He's, what do you call the leader of a funeral? A priest? A pastor? A pastor? I feel like there's a different name for it, but Probably. I don't know it. But yeah, he is, so he's there. And he's, he's weird looking. And he's weird. He's kind of weird looking. He's kind of weird looking. <laughs> kind of looks like he took a little too off, too much off his nose when he got a nose job. Which I don't think he did, but... Uh, are there, uh, are there rumors about that? No, it just to me, when I look at him, it kind of reminds me of, like, Michael Jackson. Skeleton Man? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know. He's a little spooky looking. Uh, so anyway, Rachel's bothered by Missy's death, and she explains to Lewis that her sister Zelda, which <laughs> I think it's funny that her name is Zelda, and then Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> What were the other siblings' names? I don't think they said, but... I like to think that they did the fucked up one. They were like, what is, like, the most unique name to name our fucked up child? Zelda. Zelda. But, yeah, it's, and that's, like, a sinister kind of sounding name, too. I mean, it's from, uh, Zelda, the game. We're video game referencing tonight. Yeah. <laughs> You're in that mood. <laughs> I'm in that mood. But, but yeah, Legend of Zelda with the, uh, you know, little blonde elf kid. Link. But yeah, Link. Uh, but yeah, Rachel, Zelda, weird mismatch of names there. Uh, but she was sick with spinal meningitis as a kid and Rachel took care of her and her parents left her alone uh, for some weird reason with Zelda and she dies of choking. Um, actually, in the 2019 adaptation, she, it's, she falls down a dumbwaiter. Oh. <laughs> oh. Which I actually thought was more effective. Um, but, yeah, she... But And Lewis says something very reasonable, probably the only reasonable thing he says in the movie, which is that your parents shouldn't have left you with your sick sister when you're, like, ten years old. That's weird. Yeah, that is That's very weird. That's kind of a fucked up thing to do. And wasn't she, like, locked up in, like, the attic? Yeah, they hid like, her away. Well, yeah, they, Rachel talked about how, you know, no, everyone was kind of, she was, she was a bummer. Yeah, 
Zelda was bummer. kind of a bummer. Yeah, with what did she have? Spinal meningitis. Yeah, how dare she? Honestly. What a bummer. What a bummer. But yeah, they got a, a, a male actor to play her because I guess they, they, they were trying to find like little girls to do it, but they were like, these little girls are too sweet. We need like a really skinny, fucked up looking guy to be Zelda. This is so funny. And she's supposed to be a kid, too, and she doesn't sound like a kid. Oh, she sounds like a grown man. I did not get the sense that she was supposed to be a kid. I yeah, she's she supposed w- to be a kid. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. I thought she was, like, an early grown woman. No. No? Really? Mm-hmm. Shit. <laughs> I think she was supposed to be, like, 13, but I can't say for sure. But you know what? I will say that as a kid... When I watched it, I did. I was f- thoroughly freaked out by Zelda. She spooked me out. But you know, she is spooky. She's spooky. She's spooky. But an unnecessary addition to the movie, in my opinion. Very unnecessary. <laughs> Take that shit <laughs> out. Bring in the Wendigo. <laughs> in my notes, I wrote, Lewis gets her a value. And Zach read it as Lewis gets her a value. He's like, all right, that's enough time. <laughs> you go gotta, clean the house. Go clean the house, woman. <laughs> no, he gets her a value. <laughs> <laughs> he gets her a volume because she's very upset. Which wouldn't that be convenient? Yeah. If your spouse just had volume on them at all times. I mean, he's a doctor. He's a doctor. You That's the what, part. What of a being good with a husband. Yeah. He's yeah. like, you're upset. Here, take a volume. Take a volume. Or a vacuum and clean my fucking house. Stop. <laughs> Stop with this bullshit. I don't need right to hear here. about your dead sister. <laughs> Sp- clean up. Spinal meningitis. Have and you how seen you this house? Her die. Um, so the next day, there's a, or sometime in the future, there's a family picnic, and it's a nice sunny day, and there's a kite flying, and... It's a little too happy. That's a little too happy. So you know something's gonna happen. This is Stephen King, after all. And so, yeah, even Judd is there, and they're sitting at a picnic table together, and baby Gage is flying a kite, and oh my gosh, isn't he cute? He's adorable. But not for long. Not for long. <laughs> he's not adorable for long. Um, but yeah, he's, so he's flying this kite, and then Lewis turns around to face the family for a really long time, and they, like, they're not even really talking. He's just like not paying attention to They Gage. have a habit of that. Yeah. And a little too much for like a little As toddler. As if the plot needs to happen. Yeah, almost like. Almost like the plot needs to happen. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> um, so yeah, we, Gage is starting to get too close to the road, and to Rachel's, catch his kite. Yeah, to catch his kite. And Rachel's like, get the baby! And then he, and then Lewis starts chasing after him uh, and trips over what is nothing. But again, the plot needs to happen. And so Gage gets hit by a big old semi-truck. And somehow that little tiny baby flips the truck. <laughs> the truck is not... And I'm not sure if maybe they're insinuating that, like... I don't have enough knowledge of semi-trucks to know about this, but... I guess maybe the truck stopped too hard or brakes too hard. He could have tried hard, to swerve, I And guess. then it, like, Maybe he tried to over. swerve and he still but hit the baby. As a viewer, you really get a sense that <laughs> that Gage knocked over this truck. But anyway, we see a little tiny baby shoe flying through With, the air. From blood. And it's got blood on got it. Blood. And it's really sad. And but then Lewis... Uh, no! no! Which is... Kind of funny. I hate to say, <laughs> this scene should be sad. Having a very sweet little boy be ran over a truck should be sad, but it's not in this movie. It's, it's for kind some of funny. Reason it's really not. But I will say that's. I feel like that's kind of where the adaptation, the 2019 
adaptation did it a little bit better. So for one, the um, it's actually the big sister who dies. In the 2019 mm-hmm. version? Yeah. Really? And I, well, they, they like to psych you out. They psych you out. Uh, Gage is in the road, but he's saved. He's oh. saved. And then um, she goes into the road right after him to pick something up, and then she gets hit. Um, but I, these trucks just out of nowhere. Just hitting kids left and right. But I do think that the 2019 did a better job of making things, like, sadder. First, the tone is a lot darker. There's kind of a darker filter over the whole movie. It's not as bright as this one. Um, but it worked for me. I was actually really sad when when she died. Um, but, so, yeah. Hold on. Let me swap. Zach left out some of my notes. Do you want to look on your paper? Mm. No. Okay, because I, I, I know what happens. Okay, so next is the funeral. And um, for some reason, Rachel's dad punches <laughs> Lewis in the face well, at the kid's funeral. <laughs> well, when they leave for Thanksgiving, it's mentioned that her family does not like Lewis. Yeah, they don't get along well, but but it's kind of funny to me because he's like, he's a doctor, you know? And if you yeah. want your, I mean, he, granted, I think Lewis is a bit of a bitch. He's a bit of a bitch. In my opinion. But also don't punch the father at his kid's funeral. Yeah, he's you like, know? this is your fault, which kind of is. Kind of. I'm not I mean, going to lie. It kind of is. It's both of the parents. I mean, not. I don't want to say both of the parents' fault, but also the mom was also in yeah, he had two, of the kid. two, three grown-ups were within eye shot of him, and yeah, he. Got, but anyway, yeah, he gets he gets punched at his kid's funeral, which really that just adds insult to injury. And doesn't the coffin fall over? And well, the coffin get, gets bumped, and the lid opens uh, for a split oh, second, yeah, yeah, and you just see right. little baby Gage's hand. Um, and then also, uh, there I think before that scene. Judd goes over to his house, to Lewis's house, to talk to him because he's like, "Oh fuck, I showed him the pet cemetery. He's probably got some bad thoughts brewing right now." And that's kind of where you get the icon- iconic scene. Sometimes death is better. Sometimes death is better. Hey y'all. Hey y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. But anyway, yeah, he's talking about how he feels responsible for Gage's death. Because he showed uh, Lewis the the ancient burial grounds, and so this kind of power maybe made it Person. happen. Yeah, made it made it happen Judd, in come some on, way. Man. Come on, Judd. This Judd. is all. It's really Judd's you fault. Knew. You knew. You but, knew. But and I think in this scene, he also tells him about uh, Timmy Baderman, and and we go into a flashback scene. And so it was this guy. Uh, he died during World War II. And his father buries him in the gr- in the burial grounds, and then he comes back all fucked up, you know. And in one scene, he's like eating a little baby leg, like a like a chicken thigh or something. Oh, yum! <laughs> um, but yeah, Judd and the other town townsfolk, the men folk, actually, the men folk. not the women, not the women, the men, the men. <laughs> they go and they uh, set his house on fire, 
but he's saying um, while his house is burning down, his, his dad's actually trying to get him out of the house to save him. Um, but Timmy, he's like, hate living. <laughs> hey, hey, sometimes he, that is better. Sometimes that is better. Exactly. <laughs> but, um, so, but yeah, we we you know obviously, Willis is thinking some thoughts. Which Paris, let me ask you something. Little P, let me ask you a question. Shoot. If I die, will you bury me in the burial grounds? Like I might come back a little bit fucked up, but I am your ride to the gym. You are, but, you know, <laughs> I think you would try to kill me. Maybe. I maybe might. Probably. And then I, I might go to the Maybe I bury you in the burial ground with me. And then we'll both be like zombie yeah. freaks? Yeah. I'm down. All right. I'm down for that. Okay. Uh, now that you put it that way, I'm like, okay. Yeah. We'll just cause chaos together. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's not a bad plan. Uh... So yeah, Lewis is definitely it's it's simmering in his noggin about maybe maybe putting his dead kid in the burial ground. Oh, um, really? He might. Who knows? Maybe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So again, Rachel and Ellen go out of town and uh, fuck Lewis. Cause fuck Lewis. No, he says he he wants to stay behind to button some things up at home. Um, so yeah, they're out of town now, and uh. nice. <laughs> so they're out of town, and Lewis is like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna dig my kid up," and he does just that. He, he goes to the cemetery yeah. like midday, not midday. midday yeah, he goes mid. Well, no, you know, he does go midday, and he ch- but he hangs out there for a little while before he starts grave robbing. You yeah. know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like, like he's visiting. Yeah. He, he, and maybe he's kind of deciding if he should do it or not. Um, but he is kind of going crazy, and we also have to wonder if it's again part of the Wendigo's influence, or it could be grief. His, his grief baby. and Wendigo. Yeah. Yeah. His baby died, so yeah, that can make it a little crazy. So sad. So sad. So sad. But yeah, he does, I mean, but like he's had all these warnings from Pascal. He knows the story of Timmy. He knows that uh, Judd's dog Spot was buried and then came back evil. Church fucking was buried and came back evil. Yeah. So so he knows. So he knows. And again, yeah, Pascal's there and he's trying to warn him. He's like, hey, the ground is sour. And also, how are you going to explain that And how are you going to explain your dead kid? Coming, coming back, back to life. As a weird zombie kid to yeah. your wife. To, to, your to everybody. To everybody. Well, maybe keep him in the basement or something. I don't know. Like Zelda? Yeah, like Zelda. Maybe maybe that's why they put Zelda in there. Like, oh, we're going to put... That's the idea. Yeah. Just gauge up in the basement. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but, yeah, I... He's not thinking this through very well. I don't think... Not using his full not, brain cells. Not using his own noggin. But yeah, he's trekking over to the McMack burial grounds with uh, you're missing, his son's corpse. You're, mi- you're missing the best part. When the cop shows up and he pokes his head out, he's like, oh shit, and he hides. And then once the cop leaves, he has this like smug smirk on his <laughs> he's face. He's smiling. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, all right, so f- you're losing your mind. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, Pascal... Pascal, I keep saying Pascal, like the little chameleon from Tangled, but Pascal, 
he uh, he's trying to warn him and oh but yeah so now we flash back over to Rachel where she is and little Ellen she's woken up from a nightmare she says she's worried about dad she feels like something bad is gonna happen and Rachel is kind of starting to put things together a little bit in her head um, and also Pascal's there also kind of trying to influence her mm -hmm. he's saying like hey shit's about to get crazy Shit's, oh, shit's gonna go down. You gotta go grab your man. And so she is inspired to leave, which is you know good. We think it's gonna be good. And he's he's helping her get get back to home. You know he's pulling some strings for her here and there, getting her a rental car. And uh, she gets picked up by a well. Her car is, gets driven off the road when she's driving back. And uh, but Pascal's like it's the Wendigo. He's trying to stop you from getting here. So she hops on um, a trucker's truck. She gets in a trucker's truck. And he says something weird to her. Yeah, and he's like, hey, babe. Hey, babe. Which I wouldn't get in that trucker's truck. But she's but. not concerned. She needs to get to where she's going. Yes. And for that, Rachel, I applaud you. Applaud. And you know what? Pascal's there and to Pas protect her. Pascal. Are you calling him Pascal, too? Pascal. 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 Yeah. Pascal. That's a weird name. That's his last name. Oh, I can't okay, remember that his makes first sense. name. <laughs> but uh, well, they only call him by Pascal. Also, movie. you know what's kind of messed up is that he, e even in death, his head's fucked up. Yeah, what the fuck's up with that? Like they, you know, you know, that's not cool. If I had a really grim death and I turned into a ghost and you and came I back looked, with those injuries, yeah, I would be kind of <laughs> mad. I'd be like, what the fuck? What the hell, man? Come on. But he's also trying to warn Lewis as he goes on. But yeah, Lewis is trekking through these woods, and there's this one scene where the, so there's a body of water and a face comes out of it, and it's like, yeah, which is kind of weird. Does he say anything? I can't remember. No, but, he doesn't. And I don't know whose face this is. You thought it might have been Timmy's face trying to warn him. Yeah, but yeah, it's. It's, it's weird. It's a weird scene. <laughs> I don't know why it happens. And um, it never comes up again. And it never comes up again. It's never explained. I So I don't know if it's like trying to get him to bury him there or trying to prevent <laughs> him. We don't know. Unclear. Unclear. And, but, you know, here's the other thing that kind of bothers me about this. Oh, but, okay, eventually he does bury him. But the, here's the thing that bothers me is that Lewis knows there's an afterlife also because Pascal is coming back and talking to him. Yeah. So it's not like he, you know, he's of this mindset where, I mean, because it's established early on in the movie that he's not really sure about afterlife or anything like that. But now he he can be certain that there's an afterlife and that his son is there, which is still sad, you know, but like, you know, come on. I mean, his son is still probably there. I mean, yeah, well, cause we know his son is not in his body when he yeah. gets reanimated. But he does, he does put him... He does bury him, and then he goes back home, and then um, uh, Rachel's still on her way there, but uh, Lewis goes to sleep, and Lu uh, baby, little baby zombie Gage goes. He crawls. Yeah, he crawls out of his little dirt thing under the rocks, and he's still cute as a button. I will so say, super cute. He's super cute. And he goes to Judd's house. That confuses me a little bit because. Maybe, I think. From well, what Judd's 
explains is like if you bury somebody there you own them like mm-hmm. that's the sense so and Judd like had nothing to do with baby Gage's burial so it kind of does it make sense to me why he would go to Judd's house? Well, I first? think that the Wendigo knows that Judd doesn't want, didn't want Gage to get buried and to be brought back. Oh, so it's like, fuck Judd. Yeah, so I think that the influence there was to get um, Gage to kill Judd, because that Judd's kind of in the way a little bit, you know? He didn't want it to happen. True, true. So, yeah, he goes to Judd's house, and... Yeah, he's. You, he, they play like the same three laughs over and over. <laughs> and I don't. It doesn't even sound like a kid. I'm not. But yeah, they they play like the same three laughs from Gage over and over again. And uh, <laughs> uh, Judd, he's in. A, he's trying to find Baby Gage, and he's like, "I got something for you." And he pulls out a pocket knife, <laughs> and. Uh, so, yeah, he's trying to, you know, kill, kill this baby. Kill this baby. But the baby gets to him first, and he comes out under the bed and slashes his Achilles tendon. So he can't walk ever again. Uh, well, he's not going to live ever again after yeah. this, unless he gets so, buried in the cemetery. Wait, so when he's a ghost, can he walk? Because we, we got, got to only assume that when Judd dies, he has the same injuries. Yeah, he probably walks with a limp. Um, but yeah so so now Judd's dead and at that same time Rachel's getting there and she goes I can't remember why did she go over to Judd's first thing plot plot because the plot needs to happen but yeah she goes over to Judd and she is trying to find him and then she hears baby Gage and she walks into a room but who does she see Zelda Zelda. And she's like, me and baby Gage, we're gonna get you, like, cause you let me die, blah, 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 blah. But then she kind of, like, snaps out of it. And then little baby Gage is there in a fancy little outfit. He's in a, he's again in his little he's top hat. He's got a top hat and a little cane. cane and he's got, like, this navy, uh, velvet-y, like, dress thing. Yeah, he's, li- he's, he's like, like a little man. Magician. He's yeah. a little man. But, well, I guess I read that there's one scene, and I'd have to rewatch it to confirm this, but I guess there's one scene where you would see a picture of Zelda wearing that exact same outfit. Oh. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> they had their daughter with spinal meningitis <laughs> and a top hat and a cane. I don't know. <laughs> Weird family. Weird family. You know, for the father to punch Lewis. Like, he did, like, oh, this is all your fault. Like, what about your daughter? Obviously, you treated her like shit. Like, And you made your tech, your ba- other kid babysitter? Yeah, babysitter? you were not the parent of the no. year. Nay, sir. Stop judging Lewis, is what I say. But, uh, so, yeah, the next thing that happens is we find out, well, we think what probably is happening is that, you know, little baby Gage kills Rachel, his mom. Doesn't he say, like, I have a present for you, mommy? Yeah, yeah. And I like, have has, something for you. I have something. And then he has, like, the scalpel that the he scalpel. got out of his dad. That yeah. he actually used to cut uh, Judd's face off with. Heck yeah. Yeah. And and so, yeah, he kills her. So the next day, Lewis wakes up, and he sees little little baby footprints. Which little means... Little dirt, dirt footprints. Which means Gage went to the house, ran around, and then... Went back to Judd's? I guess so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the zombie kid's doing. Um, messing. Messing around. <laughs> messing around. Tom, just some tomfoolery. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Lewis 
Oh yeah, he gets a phone call from Baby Gage, and he's like, first I played with Judd, then I played with Mommy, now I want to play with you! And it's very cute, still very cute. Um, and so, and, and he's like, oh fuck. But he does say, actually before he buried him, he kind of, he, he, he's like, well maybe, you know, if this doesn't go well, I'll just kill him again. Because that'll be easy. Because <laughs> that's, that's a normal train of thought. Um, and so he's like, well, I guess I gotta kill this kid now. So he got some, like, tranquilizers, So right? he, well, or I think it's, like, morphine. He gets a bunch yeah. of syringes filled with morphine. And, the first and he's got a ton of them, which is, like, probably the best prep I've seen in a movie. Yeah. Like, he's got, he's just, he's ready. Yeah, he's ready to kill this kid again. Um, so he finds Church, and then he puts Church to sleep. And a dirt sleep. A dirt, a dirt nap. A forever dirt nap. A forever nap. And then he goes in the house, and the house is, like, rotten. But it's just in his mind. Is it in his mind? I don't know. I don't know if it's in his mind, or maybe... Because the house changes back to normal. It does change back to normal, but I think maybe it's supposed to show that, like, the Wendigo's reach is there, and the Wendigo turns things sour and rotten. that makes sense. And maybe that's why the house is that way. But anyway, while he's there, he finds Rachel's shoe, and he's like, oh, shit... And then he go. He hears little baby Gage's weird three laughs. <laughs> That's all they had. And um, and then so he's looking, looking around. He finds Judd's dead body, and, and his whole mouth is like disconnected. Yeah. And then Rachel, as he's walking around, Rachel's like pushed out of the ceiling when she's like hung there with a rope. And then there's like a little puppet. That looks like Chucky, straight up. Yeah, and it's definitely (laughs) a puppet. It's not Baby Gage. It's not Baby Gage, and he gets thrown down on to Lewis, and he starts attacking him. Um, He's a very strong zombie child. Which, when it is, like, the actual baby, I just, I like to imagine, like, the real-life kid just behind the scenes being directed, like, okay, now what you're gonna do, little babies? You're gonna bite this guy's neck, okay? That's what you're gonna do. And he's still, you know, he he really acted his little butt off. Yeah, I'll say. Like, Grr, he's, he's snarling. It's very. Cute. He got into it. Yeah, he gets into it. He yeah. gets into it. But eventually, um, Gage does, or uh, Lewis overpowers Gage and gives him the tranquilizer, <laughs> or the morphine, or the drug, or whatever it is. And little baby Gage stumbles away, and he's like, "No, no fair. fair, yeah, no fair, no fair." And so then he like stumbles down and he falls asleep, or is dead. I'm not sure. Probably um, dead. And then, so Lewis goes through the house and he pours gasoline everywhere. Uh, especially he pours a hefty dose on to Baby Gage because they're gonna die. Shit. <laughs> yeah. And then he sets the house on fire. Um, but he's walking out with Rachel's body dra- wrapped around in a little you know sheet. You know, and he's not nice enough to take her other shoe off. Yeah. And he, well, Pascal's there, and he's like, hey, don't do what you're going to do, guy. And he's, and then Lewis, which, you know, you can't fault him for this reason. And he's like, well, she's still fresh. She didn't die that long ago. She's still, she's still fresh. I think it's cool if I bury her. It'd be fine. Historically, this hasn't worked out very well for me. Lewis is not using his full brain capacity. No. And... <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Pascal, and then while he's walking away, Pascal just kind of looks at him like, what the 
fuck, man? Yeah. What's Doesn't wrong? he also go, no? no. I think so. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> um, so. He's like, all my, I tried my ass off to help you guys. And, and it was all for naught. Poor Pascal. Yeah. You know? That I felt, Pascal's my favorite character, and I feel bad for him. Damn it, Lewis. So Lewis buries Rachel in the pet cemetery, and uh, then he goes back home. He's sitting on the floor, playing some cards. Waiting for her. Waiting for her. And then she comes back. And she's limping along in her one high heel shoe. Which is why he she, he really should have taken that off. Well you, well, you know, you'd think that when she was crawling out of the ground, it would have come off. Yeah. I guess not. Um, and, yeah, she, her eyeball is missing. And it's leaking. And it's leaking. Like clear as liquid. Yeah, it's like pussy and gross. And but he's super happy to see her. And he fuck they kiss and it when they kiss he goes in. He's, he's tongue into it. And everything. He's just like yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. It, the, it gets in his mouth and the last scene we see her grabbing a knife off the table and we don't see it, but we hear Lewis scream as it cuts to the credits. And then they play the absolute banger. I don't want to be buried in a pet cemetery. I love that I don't song. want to Oh, my but I do want to add how the, how the remake ends. So, uh, so the remake ends. So as mentioned before, it's the daughter who dies. Mm-hmm. Rachel and Gage come back, right? Because you, you think that Gage is getting off the hook in that movie? No, sir. Nay, nay. So, yes, Ellie dies. Actually, no, what happened? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, Ellie kills both the parents. She kills Lewis. She kills Rachel and buries them both in the pet cemetery. Oh, shit. And they come back, and little baby Gage is waiting in the car for his mom to come back. And then then they go to the car, and you hear it, like, unlock. <laughs> but it's and actually, that's how it ends? Yeah. It's kind of but fucks. it's actually kind of a happy ending because they're going to be a zombie. Zombie family. Zombie? Zombie family. A zombie family. A zombie family. Yeah. And have chaos together and also uh so the original version of that song is written by the ramones and i was reading that mary lambert the director actually directed a bunch of music videos and stephen king happened to be a really big fan of the ramones in fact the ramones are mentioned in the pet cemetery book so mary lambert pulled some strings and that's how the ramones sang pet cemetery that's dope as well um but also equally as good as the uh remake of that song by Starcrawler. I really like that version too. It's a great song. It's a great song. We listen to it all the time. I listen to it all the time. Heck yeah. And that is Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery. What a, what a beautiful disaster. What a movie. <laughs> um, but you know, I. Is it objectively a good movie? No. Uh, but it is a movie. I. But, you know, I liked it. I like it for what it is. You know, it kind of reminded me of being a kid, you know, because that's exactly what would have been playing on, like, the sci-fi channel late at night as a child Mm -hmm. when I had no, like, Netflix or whatever. I just had to watch what was on cable. But, I, you know, I'm a big fan of the campy 80s, 90s horror movies. So I, you know, I I definitely remembered it being better when I was a kid. But everything's better when you're everything's a kid. better when you're a kid. Um, but yeah, did you like it? I actually really liked it, um, just because it was because of how bad it was. 
I mean, it wasn't it wasn't bad, but it was kind of bad. Yeah, you're like, and well, what are the intentions here? Is it supposed to be campy? I don't think so. But is it campy? Yes. Because, like, I like campy horror movies, it, like, even when they know that they're being campy. Um... And I, I, I don't get the sense that they meant for this to be campy, but it definitely was, and I love it for it. Yeah, definitely. Any last words to finish this off? Dead is better. Sometimes. Dead is better. All right, well, I gotta go resurrect my cat. She got hit by a truck. I gotta... I'm actually already resurrected, so I'm gonna... <laughs> go, go eat some people. Yeah, I'm gonna go... Chaos mode. Hate to live in. <laughs> <laughs>